Well, Callum, welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. It's the first episode of the postseason. It was going to be a Scotland squad reaction, um, but I suppose before we get into the Scotland squad, we should deal with the Aberdeen squad being an Aberdeen podcast and all that, because there's been some changes, not only players released, but a new signing as well. It has been, yeah. It's sort of, it's just it's a bit all go, really, isn't it? Uh, I didn't expect it to be uh, coming together that quickly, but one new signing, very good. Uh, I think eight players now officially uh, out the door. I think four released, one going to Livingston, and three returning to their parent club. So should probably get stuck into it, shouldn't we? Quick maths there, Calm. I'm impressed. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. taught me well. <laughs> um, no real surprise though that the the players returning to their lone clubs, the three strikers. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the close season. I think the only one that fans would maybe take back just now is Callum Hendry, or are you happy that we've started looking at replacing them with the signing of J. Emmanuel Thomas? Basically, if I had to pick one, it would be him. But even then, to say I'd be happy that we signed him would be a bit of a stretch, probably. Um, Mm. J. Emmanuel Thomas, interesting one. Uh, Big target man, big physical player, decent feet for a big lad. I I was a bit sceptical about it, but I get excited naturally over any signing that happens. So I just get really buzzing. But um, so long as he's not the main man, I'll be happy, I think. Mm. I think we'll be finding somebody to play off of him. Um, obviously, we're with Bruce Anderson, like you said, leaving to Livingston. Um, it leaves us with just... Um, Jet and Michael Ruth as our registered strikers going into next season. Um are you surprised, disappointed maybe to see the back of Bruce Anderson, you know, being at the club since he was 11 years old? Um, I feel like any time there's a young player that kind of starts breaking through but then doesn't quite make it, I'm a little bit upset. Um, but I, at the same time, I think it probably is right for him, probably right for us as well. He needs to go somewhere where he can probably play every week and kick on. <clears> and hopefully that's Livingston. And hopefully he goes and has a successful career elsewhere, just ideally not whenever he plays against us. Yeah, it'll be an interesting move for him. I think it's, you know, if he's chosen to not take a, a new contract to Aberdeen, because the, if the rumours are to be believed, he was certainly offered a contract. You know, he's maybe taken that executive decision that he wants to play more regularly and he's obviously going to get that opportunity at Livingston. You know, started his loan spell on a plastic pitch at Hamilton. Well, faded badly. Let's see if the plastic pitch at Livingston's a bit more forgiving to him for a longer spell. But... For me, I'm not going to lose any sleep over him. Leaving, I'll file it under uh, um, Declan McManus and Lawrence Shankland. Yep, on they go. Yeah. Let's see if, yeah, exactly. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll regret the decision, but um, I hope he doesn't prove me wrong. Well, I mean, we've not mentioned those two there. Even the Shankland one, he's been successful at Dundee United, but even then. It's not a great regret because he's come up to the Premiership and he's not really set it alight. Okay, he might need mm. a bit, uh, some adjustment period, but um, he's not really properly got going and obviously misses out on the Euros squad as well. Mm. Yeah, and um, the the players that are um, that were released, uh, Niall McGinn, not mentioned on that list uh, initially from the club. I think many were maybe a bit surprised. Shea Logan, Ash Taylor, Tommy Hoban, um, the defenders that were released. No, no surprises there for you. Forgetting Gregory. I, that's how much I remembered him. I knew I'd forgotten somebody. Yeah, uh, not really any real surprises. I know we've uh, we spoke very highly of Tony Hogan when he first joined, and then I think towards the back end of the season he sort of 
um, his form took a dip. Maybe it's burnt out. I, I some, saw some mention on Twitter that he played 43 games this season, which considering, I don't know the last time he probably played over like 15 or so, um, he maybe yeah. has burnt out, which is a shame. But um, I wish, wish him all the best. And Ash Taylor as well, he came up probably our best defender this season, um, as is always the case with Ash Taylor. Uh, he is skateboarded a little bit, but to be mm. fair to him, I well he's better than he's better than Constein and he's better than Tommy Hoban uh, of recent times, especially. Um, but again, it's probably the right time. You're not going to win anything, I suppose, with uh, Ashley. I guess he is pretty limited in what he does. What he does, he does well, but not the best when you're, you're going to be trying to play out from the back. Mm. Yeah, I feel I feel slightly sorry for Tommy Hoban in the sense that you know the club. And I suppose more so Derek McInnes, judging by his leaving post, stuck mm-hmm. by him when you know we didn't have to. Um, you know this the, the injury he suffered um, on his first spell at the club, and you know maybe he was told a few weeks ago that you know Stephen Glass didn't see a future for him at the club, and he was maybe playing a bit within himself because he didn't want to get injured. You know he doesn't want that bad luck to strike again and and miss out on signing for another club. It could be the burnout that you touch on. I suppose none of us will really know mm-hmm. um, what it is. And it, yeah, it's, it was possibly there was a distraction on his, on his mind. But, you know, we can't deny that he's been a good servant for the, for the club in his spell. Um, like you said, probably none of us expect him to play as many games this season. And, you know, just a, a lovely man, you know, he, he was all for coming on the podcast at the start of the season. Unfortunately, the club said no. Um, been in touch with him um, since leaving. Um, you know, maybe once he gets his future sorted and has a wee break from football and is, you know, thinking about Aberdeen, he might yet reappear on the podcast, which would be which would be nice to hear. I suppose I, I tend to agree with what you were saying about Ash Taylor. Absolutely the easiest scapegoat in this team. Um, but I think a defender that's been massively underappreciated because a no-nonsense defender, but unfortunately when he makes a mistake, it's it's highlighted mm. to mm. to no degree. Sometimes when he, do, when he does make a mistake, though, it's not just a little silly mistake, it's a catastrophic error. True, but when players such as Hoban or Constein mm. made similar mistakes this season there was nowhere near the crucifixion that Ash Taylor would got if it was him that made that mistake. So I feel a bit sorry for him in that sense, but I probably agree that, you know, to start winning trophies, you know, maybe we need to improve on these players, whether Declan Gallagher or the, you know, the rumoured Clark Robertson are those players, are they just more of the same? You know, t- t- time will tell, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Greg Lee, I think no real, no real big loss there. You know, it's just been sitting collecting a wage for the last six months. Um, Shay Logan, I mean, who didn't get moved by his his leaving post? Yes, no. we. Well, I know I was certainly critical of the way he's behaved. Um, since probably the decision decision was made that he will be leaving the club, I feel it's maybe a bit petty, but. For someone that's not born and bred in Aberdeen, who joined the club, was it back in 2014? Mm. He got what it meant to play for this club. He understood not only the fans, but he got the passion. He knew how to wind up the old firm. And yeah, he really did live rent-free in those Celtic fans' heads. I mean, yeah, and, and you could probably say maybe he, was, he knew exactly what he was doing in terms of that would get us on board, but that's the kind of mm. listen to what Steve Tosh told us when he would sort of cheat the fans and he knows how to get them going and get them on board. Maybe that's what Shea Logan was doing, but it worked. 
let's be honest, it worked. Mm-hmm. It got people going. Um, it was encouraging. It's um, it's just quite sad to see him go after such a at such a long time at the club. He's a good servant for the club. It's obviously time that he goes. Uh, let's be honest. Who knows what he will do next? Um, but we we thank him. It's definitely time, though. Definitely time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was no question about the level of performances he put in in the beginning of his Aberdeen career, but unfortunately, it's just not worked out this this season. Um, but again, it's probably an area that we need to to address, as we've we've touched on plenty of time. And a player that has been rumoured is Jack Gurr from Atlanta, broken into the first team, playing all of fourteen minutes so far this season, but last season played under Stephen Glass for the Atlanta um, two side and mm-hmm. um, three assists, one goal in, in his appearances, but a Geordie. So that'll maybe make you happy, Callum. He's very but happy. A youngster, I, I suppose a relative youngster compared to some of the signings we've been making at 25. Mm. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see if that's a permanent or if it's a, if it's a loan deal. Um. Hope it goes better than the last one we got from Atlanta. But I mean, uh, I'm not going to sit and pretend I know everything about Atlanta. I've even seen this boy play. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people speak on Twitter, maybe know a bit more that he's behind possibly their best player, then Ronald Hernandez uh, in the pecking order. So mm. it'll be interesting if we can get him in on the cheap, I suppose. That's always a good thing. It allow us to spread costs elsewhere um, and improve the squad. That's all there really is to say. I'm not too negative about the Atlanta thing if they're players that come in for nice and cheap and it allows us to spend money uh, improving the squad elsewhere just even as uh, sort of squad fillers then it's fine isn't it (laughs) yeah and I suppose I was I was doing a bit of research when his name popped up on Twitter and you know the YouTube highlights is all of him going forward but I suppose no one really puts up your defensive highlights so it's all well and good being able to put a good ball into the box but can you defend? Because ultimately that's what we need is a good mm-hmm. defender. But I suppose, you know, maybe it is a, a right area to address because we can't be relying solely on Calvin Ramsey next yeah. year. Obviously there's been the, the rumours of Ross McCrory potentially getting interest from Sunderland. Um, we've seen him drop into right back, but I know Jack McKenzie's filled in at left back, but again, he's three years older than, than Calvin Ramsey at that age. Maybe there is, we need to make sure we have adequate cover there for him what I would say though is I hope it doesn't stunt Calvin Ramsey's growth um, I'm happy for someone to come in and I, to be honest I'd like to see Calvin Ramsey as first choice because we've only really seen good things from him mm. um, but it would, obviously we do need some sort of backup as we've seen this season uh, when he can't play um, and that's only in the last few games let alone a full season so someone who can come in and uh, fill in for him that would be nice basically and if that's him and it's cheap and it doesn't cost a lot of money and it allows us to <clears> improve elsewhere then that's, that's absolutely fine by me um, you mentioned Ross McCrory there uh, the Sunderland like if they get promoted uh, first of all I hope Sunderland don't get promoted anyway um, let alone before the fact that uh, they the sign Ross McCrory but the more interesting one perhaps which I don't know we don't have notes of this in case you haven't guessed uh, we were probably going to touch on the Lewis Ferguson Two million rejected mm-hmm. from Watford. What are your thoughts on that, Glenn? Uh, two millions a derisory offer, given that that's what we um, got rid of Sam Cosgrove for, um, and the fact that we sold Scott McKenna for was three, I think, to Nottingham mm-hmm. Forest. Um, he's definitely rated for me higher than um, Cosgrove, if not on par. Probably some will disagree with that, saying he's on par with Scott McKenna and, and viewed higher. I seen uh, Martin Stone and Paul Selby saying to me on Twitter that you know take maybe four million for him, um, 
maybe even more than that. But yeah, I think that's a, it's a very low ball offer. But my mm. issue is, given you know the kind of financial talk that Cormac's um, come out saying, you know, the amount of money that we've missed out on this season, would the club just be happy at taking a couple of million? Personally, I hope they they hold strong and. If Ferguson is to leave, you know, he does go for maybe double that amount. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Um, the fact they've bid two million now, teams like to low ball very early on and they've already offered two million. Hmm. And this is, it's not even in June yet. I don't even know the transfer window is officially open yet. I don't think it is. I don't think it's until June. No. So it's a bit of a concern, the fact that they're already offering two million. I think we will see it possibly double. Um, clauses as well maybe even if it's not to Watford Watford, but this summer and it wouldn't surprise me that if he went especially now that we're being linked with Jackson Irvin as well mm. um, but with Lewis Ferguson I don't know if Watford because he's not going to go and start in the Premier League is he now at this age I don't think so but they are no. a bit of a yo-yo club mm. for, but for me I think he can go and play at like the level sort of John McGinn is right now mm. Um but I don't know. I think he needs to go somewhere where he can play now. It's very then John McGinn went in at the championship and, and went up with them. So. That's what I'm saying. But now yeah. they're already they're already Premier League. Are they going to put in this 20-whatever, 21-year-old kid uh, that's just come up from Scotland, come down from Scotland even? Geography is not a strong point, clearly. Mm. Uh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so basically, don't go to Watford, Lewis, please. Uh, we need you, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens. But um, the first... Um, well, it's not really the first signing because it's, I think, the third signing mm-hmm. has finally landed at the arrival halls at Cormac Park. J. Emmanuel Thomas, and if you think that pun is bad, just wait until the season gets started. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, tell, tell you that much. I'm really, really thrilled. Um, free signing, which is nice, nice and cheap. Doesn't uh, break the bank too much. Um, is it though? Because there was talk well, of him owing a fee to to Livingston, so whether he's paid that himself. I don't understand that, by the way. That sounds like a load of non- nonsense. It sounds like Martindale dodgy dealing, in my, in my opinion. <laughs> um, well, anyway, whatever it is, he's here. He's here now. Um, maybe not inspiring, but I get excited about transfers regardless. And mm. basically, I watched a couple of his goals for Livingston, and I got a little bit more excited as well. Uh, Looks good with his feet. He's a big physical presence. I think he's a good option to have. A very, very good option. Something we maybe lacked with those three strikers. Someone who can just come in and bully. Um, and obviously he's got a little bit more than that too. But uh, if he's supporting cast for a main man, then I'll be a lot happier. But we'll see what happens. <clears throat> I, think it's, I think it was Red Point of View actually said that if his job interview for joining Aberdeen was the last time that we faced Livingston, it's fair to say he passed it with flying colours, not only in the way he took his goal, but the way he... Um, yeah, that was a, a very unintended playing fun, but thanks for pointing that out. Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the way he bullied the defenders, the, the quality of goal he scored, but also in the, in the cup game, again... A well-taken goal, mm-hmm. um, well-taken penalty in, in extra time as well. And, you know, he got goal of the season for his goal against Hamilton from Livingston this season. Again, another excellent goal. So he does have that moment of quality, absolutely. Whether or not he can deliver that consistently, I suppose, is maybe something that we'll have to, to watch out for. We're not going to call him Jet, though, are we, on this podcast, are we? Oh, can we call him J. Emmanuel Thomas, please? Please, can we call we can, him J. Emmanuel Thomas? Well, as uh, Stuart Duncan said, I hope we name him, he, he gets squad number two. 
Oh, it'll be the that would be what's worse? Let us in the comments down below. May eighty three or Jet two. <laughs> Well, we'll soon see. But um, Ricky Mackey had po- posted on Twitter that um, kind of the ages of some of the players that we'll be going into next season with. And it's kind of a point that Colin Watt raised when he was on the show previously about us almost starting our own little retirement home for, for Scottish football. Mm-hmm. You'll have Joe Lewis turning 34, Gary Woods turning 31, mm-hmm. Considine also 34, Declan Gallagher. 30, Scott Brown, 35, Johnny Hayes and Niall McGinn, 34, and J. Manuel Thomas, 31. So we've obviously signed, let's call them experienced players. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now is it time that we look in players that we can invest in and have value to sell on in the future, a la Lewis Ferguson? I think so. Uh, also, just briefly mention, I think the less we say about Johnny Hayes right now, the better. Um, yeah, Another I think... Another criminal yeah. to add to the team. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's going on in this club. It's interesting. It'll be entertaining, I think, anyway. Um, I hope I get my season tickets worth. Um, no, yeah, I think it is. A, we do need to start adding. Now we've got... He did mention when he came in, he said we need to add leaders and things like that. I think we've probably done that now, but we do now need some youthful exuberance uh, around these players and mm-hmm. some exciting players as well that will um, entertain us. Uh, I suppose we do have a few around the club already uh, of these young players that we can invest in, but it'd be interesting to see if he brings in a couple more. Um, I'd like to see it, just something that gets a bit more excited because the signings haven't really been inspiring. They might mm-hmm. not be what we want to see, but they might actually be what we need first. But now I want to see what we want to see. Basically, yeah, and I suppose you know they came out and said you know we'll have players that from kind of the youth academy, but I suppose one of them that's we're not sure what he's going to do yet is Ethan Ross. Um, you know, if out of contract, whether or not he is willing to accept the contract offer on the table from the club, or he views his future elsewhere, it remains to be seen. But if the club do want to invest in the future, are there homegrown players coming through the academy that? like Jack McKenzie and Calvin Ramsey this season, that we can see um, make more first-team appearances next season. You know, is Michael Ruth going to get more of a chance next season? Remains to be seen. Yeah, I think it'll be very, very interesting. The Ethan Ross one does seem very, very odd. He's one I'd like to see sign that contract because he's only 19. And I think he does have a lot of room to grow. And... Um, but the fact nothing's happened, the fact none of them that have been offered have announced that they've signed anything yet is a bit, bit interesting. Mm. I keep forgetting Michael Devlin's even about, to be honest. Yeah, rumours of him not actually being a six-month contract, but a, a pre-season trial to, to kind of prove his worth and fitness. But Seems well, we'll, leave, we'll leave that one um, for the next uh, couple of weeks. But... The big announcement today, Callum, was, of course, the Scotland Euro 2021 squad is officially announced. Mm -hmm. Feels weird calling it 2021 when it's been Euro 2020 for so long. Yeah, they're still literally calling it that. I've got the the team in front of it. It still says 2020. It's a bit weird. It's a bit Mm -hmm. odd. But um, yeah, we've gone through, we, before, basically it was before it was announced, we've noted down what we want slash think our squads to be a bit of both a little bit and we don't know yeah. what each other have put down 
So we're we don't gonna, know. I think we're going to run through the squad and we'll compare it with ours, I guess. Yeah, so I think, yeah, Callum's right. What we did was we both wrote down our own squads, like you said, Callum, whether it was who we wanted or who we thought. I think I definitely went with who it was going to be rather than who mm. I wanted. <laughs> Maybe a, one or two exceptions. But what we'll do is we'll go from keepers through to forward line and see if we've matched what Steve Clark's gone with, obviously we're recording this pretty much straight away after the squad's been announced. So whether or not there is a reserve list, because we might have some question marks around some of the inclusions, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll come to that. So Callum, who is the three keepers that, that you went with? I think we'll give, well, I'll have to give some reasoning for these as well. So obviously got David Marshall. That's a yep. given. Craig Gordon, I think was always going to be the number two man. But number three, I hadn't gone for John McLaughlin. I'd gone for Xander Clark, and I will explain myself now. John McLaughlin <laughs> has played nine games, I think, for Rangers this season, um, all told. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of first-team football. And I always am of the belief that the third keeper should be, like, either not going to play, so, like, someone who can benefit from the experience. And looking past these three goalkeepers, there's not a lot of options uh, that we're going to have in the future. Robbie McCrory dropped by Livingston lately, basically. Mm-hmm. Um for their other goalkeeper. So yeah, I've gone Xander Clark. He's had some good form in the league. They're a top half, uh, St. Johnston, and Betfred Cup winners, Scottish Cup finalists. So that was my inclusion. Glenn, what about your three goalkeepers? Did you get it right? I did. I got it um, bang on the money. Um, Mm. And, you know, for those of you that maybe tune in to this podcast as well as Scotland podcasts, such as the Hamden Roar podcast or um, Tartan Scarf, make sure you check them out for up-to-date Euro um, 2021 content. Um, Great, great podcast for all things um, Scotland. The third choice keeper was a hot topic of debate for them. um, As, you know, a couple of them thought, is there really much point in taking a third goalkeeper because it's kind of a pointless squad filler? Um, but John uh, John McLaughlin's actually played 11 times for Rangers this season and he's actually kept a stunning amount of clean sheets. Um, but then I suppose Rangers have kept a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of clean sheets already this season. Um, I, I was between him and Liam Kelly, actually. I hadn't really given Xander Clark much thought, but I just thought given that John McLaughlin's previously been in the squads, it would be who Steve Clark chose. So, yeah, I got those three right. Yeah, I think like if there's disaster, then you're maybe better off having John McLaughlin in the squad. But the likelihood of that happening and the benefit that John McLaughlin will have of being there and not really playing in terms mm. of future going forward, possibly reaching future tournaments, isn't mm-hmm. that big. Although, having said yeah. that, maybe if we qualify for the World Cup, he might be. Because, I mean, Gordon and Marshall, are they're getting on a bit. Mm. But I suppose that was the argument that the guys on Hamden Roar were, were making was, do you look at a Liam Kelly as Ander Clark because mm. they will be ones for the future? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <coughs> and speaking of ones for the future, right, well, we go through our defence. Do I just do right backs, right slash right wing backs first? Will we do it like that? Well, I don't really... I've just written down a heap of names, so... You wrote down a heap of names, right. Yeah. I'll go, but you, can, you can tell who's who. Uh, for right-back slash right-wing-back, I'd gone for Stephen O'Donnell. Yeah. I'd gone for Sean Rooney, which was interesting. Yeah. You'd gone yeah. for Sean Rooney as well? I went for both... I went for both of those as well. Um, I, I thought Sean Rooney, just for given his level of performances for St. Johnson so far this season, um, I, I put him down... Nathan Patterson's obviously got the nod at right back for 
I suppose his performances in the Europa League. Mm. At least it'll give Rangers fans something to be cheerful about, given the the slandering that they've taken after their weekend's antics. Mm. But um, we we just spoke about their building for the future, and I suppose Nathan Parr's involvement is building mm. for the future. Yeah, what I'm saying. I think uh, I would have. Yeah, I would have probably taken Sean Rooney, but at the same time, I can completely understand the Patterson one because going forward. Uh, in future year, years, there's not a lot of options looking like now no. uh, for for right back. I think there's probably him and Hickey, and even then Hickey plays left back mainly, um, mm. even though I think he is right footed. So I think it is beneficial to take him over definitely Palmer anyway. Um, mm. So I can't really complain, to be honest, about that. I don't know how much football he'll actually play, um, but it'll be interest, interesting. I think he'll definitely play against Luxembourg in the warm-up friendlies, but not but sure I suppose he'll the people have said that given the, the the games that he's played for Rangers, um, I think was it Benfica he scored against in the Europa League? I could I be wrong so, yeah. on that, but you know, he's, he's coped on that stage for Rangers, albeit these games have been behind closed doors. So if he can deal with that, hopefully if called upon in this major tournament, he, he can he can cope with that, that pressure. Uh, do you want to go to the left side then? The left side, okay. Um, very much predictable, this. Uh, Robertson, Tierney and Taylor. It's as straightforward as that. I thought that was going to be the... Th- so what? Is that who you went for, was it? That's who I went for, yeah, because basically Tier- Tierney and Robertson are two probably best players, um, mm-hmm. up there anyway. And then Taylor as backup because Tierney will probably be needed on the left side of centre-half. Simple as that. What about you? Those three? Nope. I did not have Greg Taylor because um, I was very unimpressed with his performance at Pataudry. Um I know Colin, who's been on the podcast again, said, you know, maybe had some questionable performances for Celtic of late. So I actually gave it to Andy Constein for what he'd done in previous squads, purely as a cover option, not thinking he would actually play but he, not only can he play left back, he can fill in at centre half. So that was kind of my logic on Considine. Um So yeah, I had Constantine over Taylor. I think he should go as a team mascot, if nothing else. Let's be honest. I mean, that would be nice. But uh, other than that, he should just be there to sing his to sing "Yes or I Can Boogie." Yeah, exactly, exactly, a cheerleader kind of thing. Um, go on to the centre halves now. How many did mm-hmm. you take? First of all, just as a question. If you don't include um, Tierney or presumably McTominay as actual centre-halves? Well, I'd actually listed McTominay in my defenders. Okay. I know I think he's been lifted, uh, listed sorry, as a midfielder in Steve Clark's squad. So I went for Scott McKenna, Grant mm-hmm. Hanley, Scott McTominay and Jack Hendry um, okay. at the expense of Declan Gallagher in my initial squad. Um, obviously, Declan Gallagher has been named and Liam Cooper has been named as a defender with Scott McTominay being in, into midfield there. I actually didn't think Liam Cooper was fit, which shows how much paying attention I've played to him and his performances at Leeds so far. Well, I noticed he didn't play at the weekend for Leeds, but I think that's maybe probably just down to rotation, I suppose, right He's, now. Probably. But he, he started last night, so... Okay. Well, I went for Space Cadet Jack Hendry. If anything, just so we can tweet out those videos of him yelling at his Ustenda uh, teammates uh, Grant Hanley it's weird that these two came in recently in the squad rather than sort of they just came to the last squad but anyway they're both there mm. I had Declan Gallagher in there 
and I had Scott McKenna, and I also don't think Scott McKenna will probably play too much because I think Tierney will be in that left-sided centre-half, but it's good to have a left-sided mm-hmm. defender for that position, basically, mm-hmm. as backup. And that was my four. And then, obviously, we have Tierney as an option for there and McTominay's in my midfield as well. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have Liam Cooper down? I did not have super-duper no. Liam Cooper down, no. Mm-hmm. No, it's you know it's good obviously from an Aberdeen perspective having Declan Gallagher at the Euros. I think there's a bit of doubt whether or not Aberdeen will get the Euro payment for um, Declan Gallagher's appearances at the Euros. I think that might still still go to Motherwell. Um, but I actually think McKenna might play alongside Keenan Tierney in the centre of defence. But I think it's going to depend what formation Steve Clark goes goes with if we go for a four at the back or if we, we kind of go that wing back back role mm-hmm. um, yeah I suppose I, I, maybe I was I was uh, a bit harsh saying that he probably won't play that much but I think he will he'll probably play in one of the three games anyway mm-hmm. um, yeah. at least and in terms of midfield will we just go yeah. through like all of the centre midfielders who could play centrally because there's a lot of them there is a lot of them it's pretty and much we'll, them all yeah <laughs> So I had, obviously, John McGinn. There's no doubt about him going there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal McGregor, I'm not convinced about him, um, but I obviously just knew he was going to go. And I think as one of like sort of the sitting midfielders, given McLean and Jack are both out, um, are you okay there? Uh, yeah, I just sneezed, but made sure I muted it first. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cal McGregor, uh, Stuart Armstrong, obviously, McTominay, mm-hmm. and then Christie, as well John Fleck because especially with Jack and McLean out I think it was I don't really want I don't even know if I want Fleck to be there but I just knew he was going to go and then Mm. I had Billy Gilmore and I had Ryan Gold in mine as well yeah Mm. did you have those two I well I had I probably like contentiously wrote about three names for the last pick just mm-hmm. put like dash 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 so uh, yeah I also had Stuart Armstrong John McGinn Cal McGregor again I kind of agree with you despite what I feel is not being great level of performances I think he kind of performs that sitting role and with Jack and McLean out I mean I think he'd have been there regardless if Jack and McLean had been fit yeah but he's going to fill in probably for them. Similar along the lines of John Fleck, I think as soon as Kenny McLean was ruled out, mm-hmm. John Fleck's place was pretty much guaranteed. I don't think he would have been there had both Ryan Jack and Kenny McLean mm. been fit. Probably not. I think Fleck also has a left-sided option, probably another reason mm. he's there. Yeah. Um, and I've also gone for uh, David Turnbull and Ryan Christie, like yourself. Um, I did have Ryan Gold as well. I think it's really harsh that he's missed missed out, but I suppose given he's maybe more of an attacking player, mm-hmm. maybe he's on standby um, if if there's a, an injury, uh, a dropout, um, who knows. But I did have Billy Gilmore, but I also had his name down with Lewis Ferguson, um, which is maybe a very dubious one, just because I wasn't really sure, kind of like looking at a defensive point of view, but I'd also had... Lewis Morgan's name kind of scribbled down there as an outside pick, but I suppose given the whole um, coronavirus pandemic probably coming across from America wasn't going to suit him. Very true. Uh, interesting, you had Turnbull and he's actually in the squad. I didn't have him. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's because he kicked Dylan Georg. Maybe I'm clouded by that. Um, but it's very possible. I can't really can't complain. Again, he's another one of the sort of three youngsters 
going that will obviously be in Scotland squads for years to come. So it's probably mm-hmm. useful that they have that experience. Um, mm-hmm. So that's fair enough. Um, and then moving on to forwards. Yeah, ready to move well, on. I've kind of forgot about the wingers because I also mm. put in um, James Forrester and Ryan Fraser. I did put Ryan Fraser in who has been selected in Steve Clark's squad as a striker. Mm-hmm. But I had him in my midfield um, area. But I know obviously Steve Bruce has question marks around whether or not Ryan Fraser will be fit enough. Mm. But given what he adds playing off of uh, Lyndon Dykes or Che Adams, if we went one up top, I think it's wrong for him not to even be considered. So yeah, he made my squad, which it's good yeah. to see he has made the actual squad as well. Yeah, I had them two listed as forwards, but they were, oh, both, were both in mine. Obviously mm. contentious in terms of fitness, but... I think they bring some sort of natural width that the team otherwise lacks. So if they do mm. decide to switch up, obviously we don't actually play wingers really, but if they do decide to switch up, then those are two players who can play out wide. And also, yeah, Ryan fine. Fraser, sorry, he's also been utilised sometimes at right wing back. So if we do go into that last game needing a win or something, then he could fill in there rather than Stephen O'Donnell not great going forward. James Forrest also played right wing back for Scotland many a time as well. So you've got that versatility of having. I know obviously Nathan Patterson has been brought into the squad as an as a natural right back, but you then have obviously he's uncapped. Mm. You then do have the experience of James Forrest and Ryan Fraser who have played in the wing back role and do have the experience on the international stage. But if you're going to use them in that position, you've got question marks over their fitness. It's good to have an out and out right back there as cover in Nathan Parson. Weirdly, we 100% agree on that. Um, mm. And in terms of my strikers, I had room for four left. I had four spaces yes. left for my strikers. As did and, I. Um, Shea Adams, obviously, yeah. I think he's uh, the main man probably going into the Euros. Lyndon Dykes. Lyndon Dykes might not agree with that. <laughs> well, I know, but in terms of goal scoring, I would say... Mm. But in terms of, I suppose, against the likes of England, when you want to have a target man or something up there who will just fight for every ball, then Lyndon Dykes uh, is your man. So he's also my squad. I went with Nisbet over Shankland because I think yeah. Nisbet's performed to a higher level <coughs> uh, in a better team who finished third in the league, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took Lee Griffiths because yeah. I think if you need a goal with... 10 minutes to go and you need one man that'll take the one chance that is created he's your boy in term, and we saw it against Aberdeen so um, he was my man but I can understand obviously why he's not gone barely played for Celtic that much his fitness uh, let alone for Scotland and his fitness is obviously coming to question too but what about your four? I mean I really don't have anything else to add because that is exactly my four and the reasoning is all the same. Um, Nisbet over Shanklin purely because of form over the last few weeks and Griffiths as well. I, I am surprised to see no Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. um, in the squad again, maybe like Ryan Gold finds himself on a reserve list because he is probably the most natural finisher in in Scotland. And for one player that you might want to pop up, as you said, we saw it recently at Tawdry knows where the back of the net is clinical maybe from a dead ball situation as well but again I totally agree with you can understand why um, he's not found himself in the squad 
but yeah, no, uh, no disagreements there on that on that four. But as we said, only three of those that we've mentioned have been picked as forwards. Um, Ryan Fraser um, picked as a forward for for Scotland. Mm, well, he did uh, in previous games. I think actually in the in the Serbia game he played. Did he play up there? I can't remember. Anyway, they've all sort of yeah, blended it, into and one. And also, the, I think it was the Czech Republic game at home. He's played uh, in caused problems. League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, as a Newcastle fan, it's just nice to see him in there as well, even though he's barely played for us this season. But there's our squads. You'll have to let us know in the comments down below um, or on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast um, what you think. I'm sure not everyone will be in agreement, so I look forward to hearing some of your reasoning as well behind some of the picks. Um, Anything else to add before we wrap up, Glenn? I don't think so. It was for not being an organised episode. I think that went quite well. Nice to have some transfer talk to, to discuss on, on this episode. And also Scotland, which now that the squad's been announced, makes it feel all the more real. Um, I thought I was guaranteed a ticket for Wembley until I checked my points and I'm a point short. So I'm hoping that this time next week I'll have managed to get my hands on a ticket and be able to see Scotland at, at the Euros, which will, which will be a great achievement. But uh, as Calm said, if you're watching uh, on YouTube or um, listening why don't you make a comment on the YouTube channel or tweet us at RTG underscore podcast with your thoughts. If you are watching, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel as well for all the uh, up-to-date content. We are closing in on 500 subscribers, which is some achievement, Calm. Um, and if you have subscribed, make sure those notifications are on for our next episodes coming out with uh, Liz Bowie, the Chief Executive of the Community Trust, and a player interview, which we should hopefully have out in the next couple of weeks. Exactly. Um, I think that's all I have to say. Thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs>